0: everyone to another Bible study session. It is so good to have you here. Almighty Father, we thank you. We thank you for another time to worship you and learn from your word as a community, as a tribe, as disciples. We ask that you open the eyes of our hearts today to hear what you're saying to us at this moment. Father, open the eyes of our faith to see that which is eternal so that we may move with a conviction that does not hold on to unbelief, even in the face of impossibilities, but that our faith becomes empowered by your word, by your living word, and that our faith grows in confidence that we can do all things, all, all, all things through Christ who gives us strength, and that our faith is strengthened by the finished work of the cross, and in knowing that he, the author and finisher of our faith, who started this work in us, is faithful to complete it until the day he returns. Holy Spirit, I ask that you give me the tongues of the ready writer, and you speak through me today, not my words, but yours. Oh God, my Father, be with my mouth, and teach me what to say every time I speak. My Father, give me a mouth of skillful words and wisdom. Father, as I open my mouth, fill it with what I need to do to do your will. I declare that I become lesser and lesser and Christ becomes greater and greater in me. Lord, we thank you. We adore you. We welcome you here tonight. Glory be to your name. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Tonight we will be reading the book of John chapter 5 verses 16 to 30 Um, but before we start I will do a recap from our last session. So we studied John 5 1 to 15 in the last session and here's a quick recap. Number one. God is a good God. I mean, we know that. Sometimes we forget, but it's it's always a good reminder. He's a good Father. His goodness and His mercy, His wisdom and intelligence outweighs it all. He will either bring provision to you or get you to the provision. Number two, if you're dealing with a long-standing issue in your life, you need the wisdom of God. And we have a Savior whose name is Jesus, the I am that I am, who is able to speak the exact words that you need to restore you back to life. Number three, do not put so much priority on things that matter to you or to us that we neglect, that we you know just ignore the priorities that matter to other people, but ultimately that matters to the heart of God, such as mercy and justice. Remember that blessed are those who show mercy, for they shall obtain mercy. So we should always prioritize mercy. And I love this so much because even in today, I just saw a new dimension of God's mercy. Like God is good. I'm telling you guys, you cannot miss it. <laughs> you can't, like we're good. Um, number four, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit sees you where you are and he knows how to get your miracle to you. Even if you can't help yourself, God will always find you. Is Elroy? Finally, we learned that sometimes whenever someone is suffering from an infirmity, there may be a sin issue involved, and in this case, we must confess our sins and then we can pray for healing. So that's just a recap from last session. And tonight I will be reading chapter John chapter 5, verses 16 to 30, and the Christian Standard Bible. So if you love to open your Bibles with me and i'll just go through the reading from verse 16 it says therefore the jews began persecuting jesus because he was doing these things on the sabbath verse 17 jesus responded to them my father is still working and i am do nothing on my own I judge only as I hear and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will but the will of him who sent me may the Lord bless the reading of his word jumping right into the message so verse 6 verse 16 It says for this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on Sabbath, but Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now and I have been working. So from our last session, we learned that Jesus healed the man with a long standing infirmity on the Sabbath day and the Jews were not happy that Jesus broke the Sabbath law. And in turn that made the man also break the law, right? And so what verse 16 is saying is that for this very reason, the jews persecuted jesus and they wanted to kill him because he had done these things on the sabbath i think at this point the jews were probably they just just had it up to here like they were just tired of jesus being and you know, just breaking all the rules like probably like this guy is still doing the most like we need to get rid of him before he changes culture and starts this movement where all the people will start breaking the sabbath rule and literally literally turn society upside down from what they had known as the right way of obeying, of obeying the law of Moses as the right way of culture, so I just wanted to paint a view, of, um, paint a picture of kind of what the what the Jews were thinking, right? Like this man, radical, <laughs> would change culture and literally just turn society upside down. So that's kind of like their mindset. And I said, to be fair, I understand their sentiments because change can be intimidating. It can be hard, right? So. Unless you have the right perspective on what, cha- on what that change represents, you would always go against change. And I think this is so powerful for us because when change comes to us, if you don't have the right perspective of why you need that change, you would always fight change. You would always go against change. So what this tells me is that to embrace and to be able to move towards taking a step you know, towards change we must get the right perspective and the reason for the change. Because if the Jews understood why Jesus kept doing miracles on the Sabbath, they wouldn't have planned to kill him. Remember, Jesus always wanted to elevate them. He always wanted to elevate even the disciples to a higher way of thinking and usher them into this new thing that God was doing. All right, And in this case, he was trying to show them how They worshiped and served God, how it was going to change. You know, I mean, we know that God permitted this whole thing to happen, you know, because Jesus had to be crucified um, for our sins. But that is kind of of like another story. But if we just follow the story as is, we see that what Jesus was really trying to do was get them to understand what he was doing, but they just couldn't see it. So verse 17 said, Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. You know, this tells us that actually, the Jews must have told Jesus that if he keeps breaking the Sabbath, he would have to face the consequences. And I'm sure Jesus was also aware of this because he knew the law, right? He, was, he studied the law, like the law of Moses and he knew exactly how to get them to crucify him, right? <laughs> Talk about the master planner. Like he knew what to do to get their juices riled down. <laughs> like just be like, you keep breaking the rules, you're going to get punished, right? So Jesus's response meant that although they were blaming him for breaking the Sabbath, he said, actually, it was God working on the Sabbath. Can you just imagine that? Can you imagine that this same God who rested on the Sabbath and gave them the law to observe the Sabbath was the one behind him breaking all the Sabbath rules? (laughs) Like, that's just, I mean, I can just imagine their faces, like, when he said, my father has been working until now and I've been working, and they're like, really? The Jews were probably thinking, this is definitely not possible. And then Jesus said, God, has been working, and because I do as my father does, I was working too. Basically, you can go, you can go ask God, like take it up with God. Like if God decides to work on Sabbath, and and I do as He does, then good, deal, go take it up with God, right? So, I mean, let us be honest. God doesn't take a day off. Think about how many people on people on people on Earth, and everyone is seeking an answer to their prayer. He must be very busy, although. God modeled in Genesis 1 rest and even Jesus rested many times while on earth and for sure God wants us to take a Sabbath day or a rest day. I would like to call it a rest day so that we don't get too religious with like you know like following the Sabbath, following the Sabbath right. But he also so he understands that we must rest but just because he's resting doesn't mean if his child really needs his help in form of a miracle or a healing or even a vindication at that particular moment he he would be he would just be like oh come back tomorrow when it's not my rest day no days <laughs> you know today is like day off so i'm not going to heal you right now right that's just thinking about it it sounds ridiculous so yes we must rest, we must observe a Sabbath day or a Sabbath hour or a rest week, whatever. But don't ignore, this is the key, this is the key. Do not ignore an opportunity to be a blessing to other people just because it goes against your rest days, just because it goes against your rules, just because it goes against your regular path to work. You know, I'm all. I always on these routes and then something is telling you, make a left and you're like "Ah, no 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 but i always go straight you know what i mean so this is just an example it's like just because it goes against what you would normally do don't miss that opportunity to be a blessing to other people and i think that's the bigger picture here and the bigger point um to take away from here, and so before I move on from this, I would like to point out that if you're going against a major cultural norm um, in your assignment and your calling, which I believe that all of us on this platform are called to, like you know, just shift culture and like you know, just shift, um, make global, in, make impacts in our spheres of influence. Especially if you're dealing with a longstanding cultural norm, expect some level of opposition, right? As a culture shaper and in- changer and influencer, keep your perspective in mind and focus on God who sent you to do the work, because this is what keeps you grounded. Just like the Jews, these people opposing you can't embrace this change because they don't have the same perspective as you do. So don't let that, like, you know, get you discouraged. Stay focused. Again, this is why I always encourage everyone: fight battles on fight fight only the battles that God is sending us so that we just mirror what he's telling us to do it makes the work easier and this is where you put your confidence when opposition comes that you put your confidence in the person who sent you right because there will always be opposition when when there's changes resistance so we can't avoid that and so I think that is just a great tip for us as we move you know as we operate our day-to-day lives and move into new levels in our in our day-to-day work in our careers in our businesses even in our relationships so in verse 18 it says jesus sought all the more to kill him did you no, not jesus the jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the sabbath but also said that god his father was his father making him equal with god like literally they were pissed and to be honest i get it like rightly so like If you put yourself in their shoes, this can easily be us, right? But then again, Jesus was calling them to think higher, but they didn't see it. I just pray that God will open our eyes to see how he sees. And I think this is the key. We must see how God sees. And then in verse 19, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. I mean, Jesus really keeps adding insult to injury with his responses, but but I want to point out what Jesus is saying, and it's so key for us here. What Jesus is doing here is that he's given us the characteristics of his son, right? And him being the ultimate and the first son of God, he modeled to us how sons should interact with God the Father. I think this is so good because. We know that Jesus has different names and attributes. And the highest way to relate with God is as a son. And we know this because this is how Jesus addressed God throughout his time on earth. He kept saying, kept calling him Father, my Father, my Father. So if you want to crack being a son, if you want to crack sonship, then you will be able to walk with God on a different level and dimension. So Jesus is saying a son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. What that means is that a son relies on the father doing exactly what the father does. So doing exactly what God does, right? Meaning that the son is dependent on the father. This sounds easy, but it goes against our independent culture mindset. So we it's literally like botting heads with what we know as you know regular culture, right? So this is kingdom culture going against regular culture. Regular culture says independence, independent. God is saying dependent, 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 right? So at the age of 17, 18, your parents leave you to fend for yourself, and you're off to college, you're doing your thing. But Jesus is saying a son is completely dependent on the father. I think this is just a complete mindset shift that we all must undertake. If you want to walk sonship, if you want to walk kingdom, you must always depend on God. Um, so in verse 20, Jesus says, For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than this, and you will marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he wills so what Jesus is saying here is that God the Father loves him so much um, loves his son so much that he shows him all the things he's doing so this is another characteristic of you know to know about a son a son knows what God the Father is doing because God the Father shows him all the things he's doing so what this means is that when you walk in relation when you walk in your relationship with God as a son he tells you what he's doing and that the father has the potential to even show a son greater works. Basically, what Jesus is saying is that as a son, you will not only know what God is doing in the now, so like today, like present day, but you would also know what God is going to do in the future. So as a, as a son, the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. That says, eyes have not seen, nor hear, heard, nor have entered into the heart of men, the things that God will do for those who love him. This will be your experience. So literally leaving you speechless all the time, which is why Jesus said, and you will marvel because you would be operating in it. You literally know what's coming. And then verse 21 says, for as the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he will. He's saying that, God is the one who raises the dead and gives life to them. Even so, the son, Jesus, gives life to whom he will. This is deep. But here is the thought. This means that God determines if he will, he will give life, whether physical or spiritual, to someone who dies, right? But actually, the son, that is Jesus, also has the capability to decide if the person will have life or not. Because it says, to whom he wills or to whom he pleases to give. You guys, you must be in Jesus's good book. Basically, that's the summary of the month. You must be in his good book, right? So before I continue, the title of this scriptural text is Honor, the father and the son so i want to point out that what jesus is explaining here is about the relationship between him and god and how we are to honor both of them right so just to make it clear of how this passage this um text is going and so in verse 22 and 23 jesus says for the father judges no one but has committed all judgment to the son that all should honor the son just as a, they the honor the father and so basically jesus is saying God the Father judges no one but has committed all judgment to him that is Jesus and I'm like wait pause pause I'm confused at this point because I'm like okay so what does God the Father do exactly if Jesus is doing everything I don't know this is just how I relate and how my mind works when I'm reading and trying to understand the relationship of the trinity and then Basically, what God did was that he wanted us to be able to honor Jesus just as we as we honor him. So let me try to break this down. So what he was doing, he was setting this spiritual hierarchy thing in, in terms of honor and how it works. You see, God knows that it is easy for people to want to serve, honor him like reverence, like I fear God, I fear God, like he is God, right? Everyone understands the concept of God, but not everyone understands the concept of Jesus Christ. Especially in those days, this is how the Jews experienced God. They related to God directly through the priest or prophets who would go into the temple to pray. But when Jesus came to die for our sins, a different kind of spiritual authority system was put in place where all the things that God used as intermediaries between himself, And us, so for example, the priests, the prophets, the sacrifices, and all these things were substituted with the person of Jesus, right? So remember, God always changes the method, not the principle. This is why we can't be stuck to a method or how God does something. The method can change. And because of this new setup, Jesus was telling them that if you don't honor Jesus, that's him, you are not going to be honoring God, the father who sent him. I know this may be a bit complex to understand, but I trust that revelation will come as I keep speaking. To be honest, I keep asking God, who is higher, you or Jesus? Because I'm like, Jesus sounds like the main man. I mean, can you break it down? <laughs> um, and this is this is just how my brain thinks. I'm like, you know, God says, go to Jesus. I'm like, okay, so God, Jesus, explaining. I mean, they are all equal, right? They all have equal roles. So like God, the Father, God, the Son, they all have their roles um, and the Holy Spirit. But Jesus amazes me so much. Like he's the same person that Jesus is the word. He's the light of the world. He's the truth. He's the way. He's the door. He's the one who says, abide in me. And if you do, I can tell my father to do anything for you. So I'm like, basically, Jesus is the plug. I don't know if you guys kind of see where I'm going, like Jesus is a plug. And to think that a lot of us bypass Jesus and want to speak to God or even obey God directly is interesting without going through the person of Jesus. And I'm going to explain this a bit. Even we Christians do it, right? Not to even mention other religions that don't believe in Jesus. You can actually, listen to this, you can actually get access to God without Jesus. But there is a spiritually official and legal way to access God, and it's through Jesus Christ. Because there's a different privilege here going through Jesus. And we can see in the way of sonship, as you do as the Father does. And it's Jesus Christ living in us that enables us to do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is what Jesus is saying here. And it's like, if you can access God through Jesus, you get the privilege of being a son too. Ephesians chapter one, verse five says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Can you see that? So because of Jesus, we can become sons. And then first John five, four says, for everyone who has been born of God. So literally born. So like, yeah, a son, right? Overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, which is our faith in Christ Jesus so when we become sons being born of God through Jesus we automatically overcome the world it is sons that overcome the world because of our faith in Jesus coming through Jesus to God the father gives gives us access to sonship and its privileges some of these privileges are what Paul mentioned in Ephesians chapter 1 which I think is one of the most powerful like the scripture is deep um, Ephesians chapter 1 verses 18 to 22 when he said I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which Christ has called you right and then he goes on these are the privileges of sonship this is the greatest gift we have as believers literally because we where his treasures in earth in verso. we have as believers who have decided to be disciples Jesus was basically speaking to them about how kingdom works remember there's a gospel of the kingdom and there's a gospel of salvation the son only does what the father does this is the kingdom mindset because only in this way can we bring into the physical the spiritual manifestation manifestation of what has been done in heaven to literally bring heaven to earth when we partner with god we can do what god does he is able to use you to do what he needs to be done on earth so jesus was saying he can do anything because God allows him to do so. So we can attain that kind of relationship to when we honor Jesus by having, when we honor Jesus by having a relationship with him, if that makes sense. And I hope that is clear. So to maybe paint a better picture, I want to share a personal story of how God really broke this down to me. And this was last year. I don't know if I've shared this before. I don't remember, but so one day someone, i didn't really know that well so it wasn't even like it was a friend or whatever but the person has now become a friend said to me said god told her to tell me that he loved my violent faith however i obeyed him grudgingly and he didn't like that so at this point i'm confused because i'm like um i'm obeying (laughs) right um but to cut the long story short, I started seeking the face of God to explain this to me. And he led me to read about the cross. And he explained it to me. He said, "Money, you are trying to obey me without going through Jesus. I was like, huh? He was like, yeah. He said, you can't obey me. That's, like, you can't obey me, God, if you don't honor Christ that lives in you. The one that is meant to power your life. And he said, you are ignoring my son, the person that died for you. You are ignoring the cross. The sacrifice of the cross is everything. You are trying to obey me, but you can only do it if you honor and respect the one that lives in you. Then the Holy Spirit dropped the scripture. John 14 verse 6, when Jesus said, "Um, No one comes to the Father but through me. To be honest, I was very confused. How does one obey God? Through Jesus. Then he said, the truth is you can do your life on your own. You can be successful without me, actually. And that is a fact. If you're, but if you are deciding to do this with me, you have to do it through Jesus Christ. And this is why it is called a faith walk. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. It is only Christ that can do it for you. It is only through Christ we can, we can really attain our highest potential in God. And he said, once you identify, it, for, so an example, would be, so practically, this is how we work. When you identify like a weakness or something, right, or even anything, you don't try to do it on your own. You have to pray and like Christ, help me. So that's, that's how we can honor Christ. We can kind of bring him into the picture. Right. Another way is submitting our wisdom, Proverbs chapter three, verse five says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not, lean on, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and you will make your path straight. So whenever we just literally acknowledge, oh, Christ, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. This is how we honor God and we go through him to get to God. Right. So when we go through the Holy Spirit, so when we pray in the spirit, when we pray for the Holy Spirit to help us, the Holy Spirit searches the mind of God right but this is how this interaction works and how we're able to honor god and how we're able to officially access you know the spiritual in the right way two weekends ago god also started speaking to me about the enormity of the cross to be honest i have to google that word um he said unless we really understand what jesus did we may not really appreciate the cross he said so when i looked up the word enormity it means grave sin and I was like this the cross was a sin but what God said is explained to me was that it was a grave crime and sin for Jesus to die on the cross it was against the person of God to kill someone who had no sin to take on sin of people so that he could have a reason to kill him so he could have a reason to send him to hell so that he can save us like that is just mind-blowing to me so the cross Is literally God's greatest gift to humanity. He literally went against himself just to give us life, to give us eternal life. He went against his character as God. God exchanged his life. Jesus exchanged his life for us so that we might have life. When Jesus shed his blood, he shed his glory just so that you and I can have life. The blood was his glory and he shed it for us. I think we kind of get the picture. In verse 24, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment. But as passed from death to life, verse 25, I say to you, the hour is coming and it is now when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. So Jesus is saying here that anyone who hears his word so... Like right now, like we have the word as the Bible, the reading word, and through prophets of the Holy Spirit, we can get the spoken word of God. He's saying, if you really hear what he's saying to you and you believe in God and believe that God sent Jesus, so that's through his word. So you believe literally the Bible, like what you're reading in the Bible, um, then that person has everlasting life. Of course, again, if you believe you know, this the gospel of salvation, you have everlasting life. And he said it is immediate. Like so, if you be if we believe in Jesus, we have everlasting life, and we will not come into the judgment of eternal damnation. That person has immediately passed from death to life. And this is the glory of the cross. When we believe in Jesus, we are saved, and this is the gospel of salvation. You literally have immediate access to eternal life with God. And then verse 25, when he talks about you know, the dead hearing the voice of the Son of God, this can be both literal and non-literal. So literally, Jesus went, literally, Jesus when Jesus died, he went to Hades to preach the gospel to the people who had physically died before, you know, people who had died before he came to earth to die on the cross. And he said, those who hear and accept his message, even in death, will live, right? Um. You can read more on Jesus going to... Hades here, Ezekiel twenty two thirty, 30, Isaiah 59, 16, Ezekiel one, Revelation four gives a bit of insight into Jesus going to Hades to save, to preach the gospel. <laughs> I don't know, God this is interesting. Um, but we can also translate this as people that are spiritually dead, right? So he said, if they hear the voice of the son of God, he chose to, and I would like to point out that he chose to refer to himself as the son of God here because he's pointing to salvation. Remember John three sixteen says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus is referring to his role as the son of God. Remember we are Multi dimensional beings. So even God Himself has multiple expressions. So, this expression of God as the Son of God, He's the one who saves us, He's the one who died on the cross. Right? So, only the Son of God can save those who hear the gospel of salvation, who accept it and believe in Him to live. And we can easily extend this even to the entire Bible, like the entire Word of God, because Proverbs chapter 3 and 4 says the Word of God gives life to those who find it. And in verse 26 to 27, Jesus says, For as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. I don't know if somebody's speaking a different son of God, son of man. Again, remember, Jesus is talking about honor. So he's further explaining the spiritual authority and how it works. He said God has life in himself and he has also granted the son to have life in himself. So he's also he also gave Jesus the authority to have life in himself to to create life. And he gave him authority to execute judgment because he is also the son of man. So what Jesus is saying is that Jesus executes his judgment as a son of man. So I want to point out that there's a difference between the son of man and the son of God. Again, different same person different expressions. So um money um a mother a a sister a friend you see so you, you you have different roles um that you play so um and so remember jesus was fully god was fully man just like like you if you are fully a mom you are fully a wife you are fully a business person basically the same thing So Jesus is saying here that he executes judgment as the son of man, as the version of him that was born of man. This means that Jesus is able to relate with our humanity when he judges us. I think this is just the most powerful thing I read today. Hebrews four fifteen to 16 says, Jesus understands our weakness of, Jesus understands every weakness of ours because he was tempted in every way that we are, but he did not sin. So whenever we're in need, we should come bravely and boldly before the throne of our merciful God. there we will be treated with undeserved kindness and we'll find help. Guys, this is great news. God gave judgment to the expression of Jesus that, under, that understands humanity. He didn't give judgment to the expression of jesus that is god because that one it can't even walk. <laughs> he gave judgment to the expression of jesus that is you that understands humanity because he lived here he knows that god this thing is noisy <laughs> this earth is it can be it can be crazy you know So we do not have a God who does not understand what we're going through. Even in judgment, he takes our humanity into consideration. This is good news. Jesus is indeed a keeper. I was literally crying. I literally stood up from my chair when I was reading it because I was like, we can't get it wrong when it comes to Jesus. This means that anytime we approach God, it is not judgment but mercy. Literally, when the Bible says goodness and mercy follows you every day, this is what it means because... He judges you as a son of man who understands our weakness. That means every day Christ is showing us mercy. That is so powerful. I'm moving on because I can literally stay here forever. I'm just like, wow, so we're good. (laughs) And then in verse 28 to 30, Jesus says, do not marvel at this for the hour is coming Who you know people in the graves will hear his voice and they will comfort and then verse 30 says i can do my i can of myself do nothing i i just hear i hear what god says i judge and i my judgment is righteous because i do not seek my own will but the will of the father i mean jesus is saying do not marvel at this and in fact he's right because if you read that if you read that passage literally without the holy spirit breaking down you're am going like okay what's what's the big deal here but reading This, with the Holy, help of the Holy Spirit. I was like, Yeah, I get it. It's like, don't even marvel at this because this is small stuff compared to what God has planned. (laughs) He said, The time is coming when everyone in grace will hear his voice and come out, that the dead will literally actually rise and each will get their judgment. So, those who have done good to resurrection and those who have done evil to condemnation, remember that God's definition of good is different from our own. I won't go deep into this, but basically what Jesus is saying is that there's another kind of judgment that those who have died will hear the voice of God and come forth. And then in verse 30, he concludes by saying, I can of myself do nothing. I hear as God does and I do his own will. Basically what Jesus is saying, I don't walk alone. I partner with God in everything, even to execute judgments. Wow. Even to execute judgments, he partners with God. And he assures us that His judgment is righteous. That is just an assurance that my judgment is righteous. I am not judging you based on my own. Because remember, he's he's judging us as a son of man. But he's saying, even in that, my judgment is righteous. So I don't use man's standard to judge you. That is so good. Oh, I don't know. I'm just so blown by this. That is so good. He said, I am not trying to do my own will. Remember, Man, if he was judging us with his manly, like though he's son of man, of course he's fully God, right? But he's saying "I'm not trying to do my own will." Which naturally, as you know, like flesh, human nature, we stick to do our own will. Is like no? But I, I do the will of God, who sent. Him. This is why Jesus is greater than everybody because it's so hard to find somebody. Who was once man that was fully submitted, like hundred percent, like perfect to God, and that's why Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. He was is the only perfect one. No one else can be perfect. No one, no one, no one. Um, He says, everything that Jesus does is the will of God. Even in judgment, he judges as he hears. Jesus himself says his judgment is based on what God says because he wants to please his father. And this is why his judgment can be righteous. We are only righteous through God. We only make the right decision through God. So I think we can to, to wrap this up. I think we can learn something about sonship and how we we can model working with God here. We should become people who do not do anything in our own power or strength or mind, but people who partner with God to do what he says. Because as we do the will of the Father, we are ensuring that we bring heaven to earth. We are also ensuring that we are not seeking our own will, which can be very self centered because we're just we're human beings, right? And we're not perfect. We're progressing, but we're We're not perfect people. Um, And and that as we seek to do the will of the father, we then seek less of our own will, right? And this is so powerful because it shows the heart posture. And I said, the characteristics of being a son and how doing what the father says allows us to partner with God to bring heaven to earth. And literally that our lives can be a reflection of Matthew chapter six, verse 10, which says, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven when we partner with God our sons and do as he's telling us to do we're able to bring kingdom to earth through our lives through our assignments through you know our relationships our marriages our friendships you know our places of work our businesses we're able to bring heaven to earth that is it for tonight and i just i hope you were blessed um What I trust you were blessed. No hope, I trust you were blessed because I was blessed as I was studying this. So to wrap up, I will just summarize um, key points that would enable us to live an extraordinary life. Number one, if you're going against a major cultural norm in your assignment and calling, expect some level of opposition. So don't be that person that is like cancel culture, haters. You know, (laughs) it's going to happen. But your confidence is in who sent you. Always remember that. Number two, Jesus showed us the characteristics of a son and how we can model walking with God as son, So a son is completely dependent on the father and does what the father, you know, does. So in doing that, we can do the will of father and bring heaven to earth. We can literally make earth a great place to live, right? Number three, we also looked at the significance of the cross and how we change the way we honor and relate with God. Um, so no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. This is why the person of Jesus is so key. It's so key. Finally, God is merciful and He's kind. He gave us a savior who understands every weakness of ours. And because of this, Jesus is always drawn to show us mercy. I think that is just so good because if you're being shown mercy every day, you don't have any problem. <laughs> any problem that is what you we want mercy every day um so that's the summary jesus we thank you because in you we can we have freedom we can be whoever we want to be we can find an expression of ourselves in you because you are the ultimate one you are you are just You are just amazing. So we thank you. Father, we pray that you open the eyes of our understanding and you flood our hearts with light, your creative light, your your illuminating light so that we might know Jesus more, we might know the person of Jesus, have that relationship with him. Lord, by the power in the name of Jesus, I cast down every argument, every hiding, every mindset, every mindset of culture that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, that exalts itself against kingdom mentality, that exalts itself against the freedom and the liberty that we have in Jesus, that we have of the Spirit, that we bring down, we bring every thought captive into the obedience of Christ in the name of Jesus. We ask that we declare that we have the mind of Christ, that we have the mind of Christ. And because we have the mind of Christ, our thoughts are aligned to how God thinks. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5. Father Lord, we thank you for adopting us as sons. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you for adopting us as sons in advance and bringing us into your family by bringing us bringing us to you through Jesus Christ. We thank you, oh God, for Jesus. And because of him, we can become sons. We thank you, Abba, for this love to give, for this Gift because this is so good. Because as sons, we have privileges. We can. We are seated on heavenly places. We are seated in Christ in heavenly places. We have. We have put all things under our feet. You have appointed us head of all the things. All the good works that you have prepared in advance for us. You, we have Christ, the power that raised Christ from the dead, living inside of us. Because you adopted us as sons. Lord, we say thank you. Abba, we say thank you father we thank you because we are born of you because and because of this we have overcome the world the enemy has no (laughs) there's nothing he can do because because we are sons he said we have overcome and we stand in this victory through our faith in jesus christ father we want to be ones who come to you through jesus we want to be dependent on you holy spirit teach us to be ones who honor god the father you know by honoring god the son by always submitting our ways and our lives to him oh god teach us to be dependent on on you holy spirit teach us to walk with with you holy spirit help us help us we've not done this before (laughs) we've not done this before we're learning (laughs) so we trust you we trust you and we know that you will help us because that is what you do Lean on our own understanding because I declare that we are sons and we are sons, we are sons. I declare that we are ones who hear the voice of the Son of God, and as we do, I declare that we'll find life, we'll find life, we'll be on the path everlasting, our path will be in righteousness, and the Lord will direct us into destiny, even as we hear the voice of the Son of God. I declare that as have life in himself. He granted Jesus to have life in himself. Father, grant us life in us because we are sons. Grant us life in us. The life of God. The life of God. The life that heals and restores. Grant us life in us because we are sons. Jesus, we just want to say thank you because you understand our weaknesses and that whenever we are in need, we can come boldly before the throne of mercy. Because in that space we will find undeserved kindness and we will find help. Jesus, we just thank you. Holy Spirit, remind us of this privilege that we have in God as sons. That we can come boldly before the throne of God. Knowing that his goodness and mercy follows us daily. Father Lord, I pray against every condemnation that the enemy is sowing as seeds in the lives of every lives of everyone listening to God, that they are not condemned, but they are being redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, the blood of the Lamb, the blood of the Lamb, you have been no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus because you are in Christ Jesus you belong to him and I declare that every thought oh God everything that the enemy is planting in the hearts of anyone listening to my voice tonight that they are condemned that they are not worthy father lord in the name of Jesus lord remind them oh God tonight oh God that they are sons they are your children and there is no condemnation none whatsoever it did not say some there is no condemnation To those who are, to them who are in Christ Jesus, and everyone here belongs to you. They belong to you because you sent them here. So, Lord, I pray, and I take every thought of the enemy that the enemy is planting as evil seeds and evil seeds and thoughts in their mind. That I take them captive to the obedience of Christ, and I declare and I speak to you, Satan, you have no space because the Bible says, and Christ then. That there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, and that is the word. Whenever you, whenever the enemy is telling you, Oh, you're not worthy, say, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Father Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you because in our lives we would experience you as the Son to a level where you show us what you're doing now and what you're going to do in the future. I declare that in our lives we would be ones that eyes have not seen nor hear heard. Or anything entered into the heart of man, that which God has prepared for you, for everyone of us here, we will be songs that experience God in the now and God and God in the future. We will, our lives will be ones that people will be, people will wonder, wow, 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 wow. That will be our testimony. We will be filled with wows, all wonder of God in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We give you all the praise. 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 praise. Father, Lord, we thank you. We worship you. We adore you for just a beautiful, beautiful time tonight. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just pray for everyone as they step into a new Months have gone by perhaps you're here and you're probably like ah, I wanted to do this, 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 that but then I'm here in July and nothing has shifted You have, I had goals but I don't have results you know or just your expectation was just cut short Father Lord you said the end of a thing is better than the beginning so I declare upon you that the second half of this year will be better than your first half. That the second half of this year, the Lord Almighty will visit you in a new dimension and that you would experience God as the author and finisher of your faith. You would experience God as one who is too faithful to fail you because Jesus is a keeper and his mercy endures forever. And Lord, in this month of July, I pray, Lord, that you, you on your offload And pour out in overflow your mercy upon us, O God. Mercy, mercy, and restoration, unprecedented speed and acceleration. Lord, that you bring, renew a right spirit within us, restore unto us the joy of our salvation. And that in the rest of the next six months, O God, even as we move into a new month of July, that Lord, that your mercy will go ahead of us, that your favor will precede us, that your grace would envelop us, that your favor will be as a shield all, ar- all around us. In the name of Jesus, I declare that you are the son, that you are born of God and you overcome the world and you overcome because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Anytime you speak in faith, the Lord Almighty will honor and recognize that word and the host of heaven rally around to solve your matter i declare that every word that you speak in the month of june towards positivity would yield full results you will not speak in vain you will not speak in vain the words that come out of your mouth will not come will not go out void but they would accomplish that which has been set that whatever you whatever you want to see in your life caliber whatever you want to see in your life in july speak it and you will see it because the word will not must go out void it must accomplish that which it has been said and I declare that even as they believe what they speak out of their mouth because you have given us life we prayed for life tonight and that when words come out of our mouth, they will bring life. And I declare that even as they speak, oh God, this words will birth life, it will bring life, oh God, it will bring life and it will create results in the name of Jesus. It will create results in the name of Jesus. You will not labor in vain, you will not labor in vain. Everything you do the month of July. August, September, October, November, December, it will you will not labor in vain. You will the Lord will lead you onto the paths of righteousness for his name's sake, because you belong to him and he will continue to guide you and protect you. Father Lord, we thank you. We give you all the praise. We thank you, Lord, because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that is the word for somebody. That is the word for all of us tonight. Whenever the enemy comes to you and he's trying to Tell him, there is no condemnation because I belong to Christ. That is the enormity of the cross. That is what you have. He died for you. There is no condemnation. Lord, we thank you. We give you all the praise. Thank you for a good night in your presence. Thank you for a great month ahead. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you so much for coming. Um, I really um, hope you guys had a great time. God bless you. Thank you so much.